Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It is our last day up here in um, Mascota for the VBS. We'll be leaving tomorrow. We're going to relax this, this afternoon, late this afternoon, go to the city square, um, mess around, maybe get a pizza, I hope. And uh, then we'll rest, pack up, and head out tomorrow. Thank you guys for been praying for us. We had a biggest, the biggest turnout today. Uh, over 40 kids. I don't know if it was closer to 50. I didn't count. But a whole bunch of new kids came today, so they're over there. Actually, right now, as Beatty is explaining the gospel to them, so it's pretty cool. Anyway, I thought we'd get going in the in the Word of God this morning. We are in um, 1 Kings chapter 9, and we'll be over 2 Chronicles, and we have the First Thessalonians. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for blessing us and giving us time together. We can read your Word, so thank you, um, and just guide us in Jesus' name. First Kings chapter 9. Now it came about when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that Solomon desired to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication, which you have made before me. I will consecrate this house, which you have built by putting my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you will walk before me, as your father David walked, in integrity of heart and uprightness, doing all to all, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, just as I promised your father David, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons indeed turn away from following me. Do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them, and the house which I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. So Israel will become a proverb and a byword among the peoples, and this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone who passes by will be astonished. And hiss and say, why has the Lord done this? Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Got two cars coming by. It's 2.30, almost 2.30. This might be a better time to do it. It's kind of a low time, it seems. Verse 9. And they will say, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and adopted other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this adversity on them. 
It came about at the end of 20 years in which Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house. Hiram, king of Tyre, had supplied Solomon with cedar and cypress timber and gold according to all his desire. Then King Solomon gave Hiram 20 cities in the land of Galilee. So Hiram came out from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, and they did not please him. He said, What are these cities which you have given me, my brother? So they are called the land of Kabul to this day. And Hiram sent to the king 120 talents of gold. Now this is the account of the forced labor which King Solomon levied to build the house of the Lord, his own house, the Milo, the wall of Jerusalem, Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. For Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone up and captured Gezer, and burn it with fire, and kill the Canaanites who lived in the city, and had given it as a dowry to his daughter Solomon's wife. So Solomon rebuilt Gezer and the lower Beth Horon. And Balath and Tamar in the wilderness in the land of Judah, and all the storage cities which Solomon had, even the cities for his chariots and the cities for his horsemen, and all. These two snuck up on me, and I got another one coming. I'm in the middle of that, rolled out my window, get air in here, it's really, really hot in the car, in the van while I'm doing this. So while these cars go by, I'll roll the window down, cool off a second. All right, now the sound's going away. Start back at verse 19 again, I guess. And all the storage cities which Solomon had, even the cities for his chariots and the cities for his horsemen, and all that it pleased Solomon to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, in all the land under his rule. As for all the people who were left of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pizrites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, who were not of the sons of Israel, their descendants, whom were left after them in the land, whom the sons of Israel were unable to destroy utterly, from them Solomon levied forced laborers even to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves of the sons of Israel. For they were men of war, his servants, his princes, his captains, his chariot commanders, and his horsemen. These were the chief officers who were over Solomon's work, 550, who ruled over the people doing the work. As soon as Pharaoh's daughter came up from the city of David to her house, which Solomon had built for her, then he built the Milo. Now, three times in, the, in a year, Solomon offered burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar, which he built to the Lord, burning incense with them on the altar, which was before the Lord. So he finished the house. King Solomon also built a fleet of ships in Ezion-Geber, which... Okay... which is near Eloth, on the shore of the Red Sea, in the land of Edom. And Hiram sent his servants with the fleet, sailors who knew the sea, along with the servants of Solomon. They went to Ophir, 
and took 420 talents of gold from there and brought it to King Solomon, which would be an enormous amount of gold, the gold of Ophir, very famous. And Solomon here finishing the temple, dedicating it, I mean, making sacrifice, building uh, the interesting uh, kind of a palace for his Egyptian wife. That was kind of odd. But um, Solomon went, was dedicated this time. He's going to really blow it at the end of his life. He's doing everything right here, and at the end of his life, he's going to be ending up building building temples to pagan gods, and he's supposed to be the wisest man that ever lived or something. It's just beyond my beyond comprehension how, how deceitful and sneaky the enemy is. And it was his foreign wives that turned his heart away from the Lord, which God warned him against. Well, we'll jump over to now 2 Chronicles 8. Now it came about at the end of 20 years in which Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, and he built the cities of, of Huram that, that Huram had given to him and settled the sons of Israel there. Then Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and captured it. He built Tadmor in the wilderness in all the storage cities which he had built in Hamath. He also built the upper... I may get more air while this guy's going by... Ooh, it is. Even though the class just came over, it was sun has been out for the last two hours and just heat up this fan uh, more than I thought it would. But I can't really do this with the windows down. Comes another car. Okay, try it again. After the motorcycle. My street in front of my house doesn't get this many cars. This is a little tiny place. Anyway. Verse 5. So he built the upper Beth Horon and the lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, and Balath and all the storage cities that Solomon had, and all the cities for his chariots and cities for his horsemen, and all that that pleased Solomon to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land under the, his rule. All of the people who were left of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pizrites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, who were not of Israel, namely from their descendants who were left after them in the land whom the sons of Israel had not destroyed, them Solomon raised as a forced labor to his day, to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves for his work from the sons of Israel. They were men of war, his chief captains and commanders of his chariots and his horsemen. These were the chief officers of the king. Solomon had 250 who ruled over his people. Then Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the house which he had built for her. For he said, my wife shall not dwell in the house of David of Israel. Because because the places are holy where the ark of the Lord has entered. Then Solomon offered a burnt offering to the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the porch, and did so according to the daily rule, offering them up according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, the three annual feasts, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, and the feast of booths. Now, according to the ordinance of his father, David, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service and the Levites for their duties of praise and ministering before the priests according to the daily rule, and the gatekeepers by their divisions at every gate. For David 
the man of God had so commanded, and they did not depart from the commandment of the king to the priests of the Levites in the manner concerning the storehouses. Wow, almost got a long stretch there without getting bothered. All right, come on, Windows. Got another car, so I might as well cool off. Obviously, another carbon copy of what we just read, but that's okay. More detail. Thus, all the works... Thus, all the work of Solomon was carried out from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished, so the house of the Lord was completed. Then Solomon went to Ezion-Geber and to Eloth. little town of 14,000 people and every single one of them are using the street today, I'm convinced. I wonder how bad it would sound if I left the window open for a minute. Oh man, here comes another car. Probably be fine if no cars come. Tried this at 8.30 in the morning, 2.30, which is now. I've tried it at 7 in the afternoon. They're all bad times. Anyway. Yeah, I can hear the kids, so I better pull it up. 17. Then Solomon went to Ezangeber and to Eloth on the seashore of the land of Edom. And Haram, by the servants, sent him ships and servants who knew the sea. And they went with Solomon's servants to Ophir and took from there 450 talents of gold and brought them to the king Solomon. So again, a carbon copy of what we just more or less just read. We get the detail why he built that, the... Uh, palace for the his wife of Egypt because he didn't want her to be around the holy place so close to the to the Ark of the Covenant the house of David had built, which is interesting. Kind of sounds like that's uh, being unmarried, unequally yoked. Um, sounds like he knew his wife really wasn't a believer, but it's uh, I need to do a lot more research on that to really find out what the deal was there, but Again, God didn't want them to make political alliances. God, They were supposed to rely on him completely. So while it was good, from a political standpoint, I'm not sure it was really God's highest for him. Okay, Proverbs 25 now. There also are Proverbs. 
Okay, I can start that with the right word, I guess. Verse 1. These also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. Verse 5. Take away the wicked before the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not claim honor in the presence of the king. Do not stand in the place of great men, for it is better that it be said of you, come up here. Got a person coming in parking right in front of me. He's coming to get their kid. Then for you to be placed lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen, do not go out hastily to argue your case. Otherwise, what will you do in the end when your neighbor humiliates you? Argue your case with your neighbor and do not reveal the secret of another. Argue your case, argue your case with your neighbor and do not reveal the secret of another. Or he who hears it will reproach you and the evil report about you will, be, will not pass away. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is the word or is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like an earring of gold and an ointment of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. For he refreshes the soul of his masters. And I need to be refreshed with my windows down. Okay, we can do this. We can make it. Oh, come on. Not another car. Verse 14, like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. By forbearance, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue breaks the bone. Have you formed? <laughs> have you found honey? Eat only what you need, that you do not have it in excess and vomit it. Seventeen, let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house, or he will become wary of you and hate you. Like a cub and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Like a bad tooth 
and an unsteady foot. Another way down there coming. Is confidence in the faithless man in time of trouble, like one who takes off a garment? on a cold day, or like vinegar on soda, is he who sings songs to a troubled heart. If people talking behind me now. All right, let's wait a minute, wait again. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. And you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The north wind brings forth rain, and the backbiting tongue and angry continence. It is better to live in a corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. Like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glory to search out one's own glory. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. And boy, isn't this proverb um, quoted by Jesus a number of times. Different parts that he pulls out. It's really amazing how the New Testament writers, and especially Jesus, had such a command of the Old Testament, they could just pop out parts of the Proverbs. And all of a sudden we realized that that was written in the Old Testament so that it could be completed and revealed and developed in the New. There's this gorgeous, complete harmony in the Bible when you are uh, attuned to it. So, 1 Thessalonians 2 now. For... You yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much, amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. But just as we've been re- approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, who examines the heart. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext of greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ, we might have asserted our authority. But we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having no, having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only 
the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become very dear to us. I better wait. And I got to fly in here. I got to get out. Hey, what happened to my window? Okay. I don't want to put those windows up, but got to do it. I'm sweating for the Lord here. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God. How devotedly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father towards his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Jesus Christ that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and have drove us out. They are not pleasing to God, but hostile towards men, towards all men, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved with the result that they always fill up the measure of their own sins. But wrath has come upon them to the utmost. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short while in prison, not in spirit, were... We're all the more eager with great desire to set to see your face. For we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. For who is for who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Really impressive to me that he he that this last part he says who who is our joy? I mean, who is our hope? Who is our crown Our crown of exaltation? He says, it's you in the presence of the Lord. At his coming, He's he still believes in the imminent, the pre, he believes in the imminent return of Jesus Christ, that he would come and could come in his day. He says, I'm, I'm praising God for you, and I'm I, I want to preserve you. I want to make sure you guys are, are following after, after the word and on, excited and doing everything that God wants you to do so that, that I can be joyful to see the work in you when Jesus comes back. And even though it, Jesus didn't come back then, he still has that hope when you think about it. Because when Jesus does come back, we all are going to be there. We're going to be raptured. All those people in Paul's day are all going to come up. They're all going to be with Paul. And Paul's going to see them. And he'll be able to have that joy completed. It's pretty cool. What a beautiful thought. Well, I did pull up, believe it or not, 
um, today, Charles Spurgeon, so we'll read this for today. It's out of Zephaniah three fifteen. He hath cast out thine enemy. What a casting out was that? Satan has lost his throne and in our nature, even as he lost his seat in heaven. Our Lord Jesus has destroyed the enemy's reigning power over us. He may worry about us, but he cannot claim... <laughs> of course, the kids are going to go right by and, and talk. What a casting out was that Satan has lost his throne in our nature, even as he lost his seat in heaven. Our Lord Jesus has destroyed the enemy, reigning's, the enemy's reigning power over us. He may worry us, but he cannot claim us as his own. His bonds are no longer upon our spirits. The Son has made us free, and we are free indeed. Still is the arch enemy, the accuser of the brethren, but even from the position our Lord has driven him. Our advocate silences the accuser. The Lord rebukes our enemy and pleads the causes of our soul so that no harm comes to comes of all of the devil's revelings. As a tempter, the evil spirit still assails us and insinuates himself into our minds, but thence also is he cast out to his former preeminence. Oh, this is a big low humming car coming by. Bad muffler. And they're stopping, I think, to pick up a kid, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> he wiggles about like a serpent but he cannot rule like a sovereign. He hurls in blasphemous thoughts when he has opportunity, but what a thief it is when he is told, (laughs) I'm sorry, but what a relief it is when he is told to be quiet and is made to slink off like the wiped out, no, like a wiped cur, C-U-R. Hmm, whatever that is. I'll have to look that up, find out what a cur is. He slinks off like a white cur. Lord, do this for any who are at this time worried and wearied by his barking, cast out their enemy, and be though glorious in their eyes, and be thou glorious in their eyes. Thou hast cast him down, Lord, cast him out. Oh, that thou wouldst banish him from the world.
And uh, amen to that, that the Lord can banish and get him out. I just had a guy come in here yesterday, uh, mentor with all the kids, Mexican man asking for prayer. He says, I'm just bothered. I'm depressed. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know what the purpose of life is. And I told him, well, I don't know why you would feel good. If you don't know the purpose of your life and why you're alive with things going on in the world the way they are now, of course, you should feel depressed and and looking for answers. And I told him Jesus was the answer and showed him and told him about the enemy always attacking and trying to bring in confusion. So uh, he prayed with me. I don't know. He was supposed to come back today and, and we were going to talk more. He hasn't showed up, but... Uh, but, man, the enemy is, is the accuser of the brother, and he's, he's the one trying to get us all depressed. Don't let that happen to you. That's his counsel. Spurgeon said there's no reason. He's been overcome. He can come and try and mess with you a little bit, but it's all a deception. He's lost the battle. We need to maintain our joy. That's really been reaffirmed to me. I've been studying for Second Peter, the rest of chapter three, about the God coming back and and the end of time and the destruction and the end of the world. Man, do we get? We need to get the perspective of how blessed we are to know the sureness of our salvation and where we're going, what's being created for us, and who we are going to be with, and the new bodies we're going to have, the new heaven, the new earth. It is phenomenal. There is reason for rejoicing today, for sure. But, of course, I know that's not an easy thing if you're suffering physically or even emotionally or financially. So I just want to spend the last minute or two in prayer and just ask God to, to bless us as we go through this day and um, go through the weekend. So, Father God, thank you for this time, for blessing us in this podcast. Thank you for bringing everyone together as a family. We are so, so grateful for giving us this time to get into your word and continue to teach us, God. Praying for those that are recuperating. Thank you that Juan Carlos is coming back. God, we do see healing going on in this situation. He's getting better in his cancer. We pray the same for Maria Elena with her cancer. What's going on with some of her other illnesses? Um, please heal her. And uh, we have uh, a two, at least two new people that have been reporting that they've just suffered cancer. They just found out they had cancer. Um, we have a, a woman here, a wonderful woman, Kathy, who came down to help us from, the, from um, Oregon with the Vacation Bible School. Uh, to meet her friend here from Oregon as well. And uh, she is cancer. So we want to lift up Kathy for her healing. Uh, pray for those that are that are just found out or dealing with some... Sorry about that one. Or just found out that they have something going on in their life. So continue, God, to, to work your miracles of healing while we still have the day, while you, the night is, is not quite overshadowed us and we, we're not seeing the the total overtake of the, this world by the enemy. 
that we still have this one last harvest. So thank you, God. Make us well. Help us, guide us, God, to be your um, ministers of your gospel. And uh, thank you for the VBS. Thank you for everything you did up here. May your spirit go out strong to these parents, these all these kids. May it help. May our participation just be one small part of what God uh, you're doing. And, and may you just bless Mascota and get them saved, God, because they need you. They need to know your word. They need to know the assurance of their salvation. So thank you for this day. Uh, give us a blessed trip home, God, and thank you for all that you will be doing uh, on Sunday in the service. So God bless. God, thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys is what I was meant to say. So thank you guys for being uh, on the podcast. And I'll be going back live on Monday, but we will uh, try, I will try and get a podcast out tomorrow. We're driving tomorrow, so it might be a little hectic, but uh, see what I can do. So um, keep looking up and we will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 